Welcome to the Guna Ramble, a Guna's World podcast. No gimmicks, no satire, just a little bit Arsenal. Hello, good evening and welcome to another edition of the Guna Ramble, a Guna's World podcast. Welcome back to the second part of our double header. Um, we also have the phenomenon, really, of um, Arsenal fandom. Oh, you're it's too kind, Charles. You're too kind. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's Mojeda. <laughs> <laughs> We've got um, Arsenal fans TV's um, host, um, uh, uh, Mr. Robbie. How are you doing, sir? Yeah, not too bad. Good to be here. Oh, absolutely fantastic to have you on. Um, You've let's get right into it. You've you've recently celebrated your first anniversary. Yeah. Of the yeah. Um, I want to ask you. You know, let's flip, let's turn the tables. You usually shove the the microphone under unsuspecting fans' noses. Let's let's shove the microphone under your nose. <laughs> and I want to ask you, why did you start? It? What inspired you to start it? Oh, um, just really, just really wanted to give fans a voice. Um. You know, you, you always hear and you always see on TV all the pundits um, with their opinions of how the game's gone. Um, you always, you know, hear from... You, you, you get, like, players giving opinions, but they don't give honest opinions because they may know the player they're talking about or they may pick on the, you know, the foreign player that they don't know. And you don't really get honest opinions sometimes of a game. And I just... Uh, sort of had this idea that what if we could like speak to fans and get fans' opinions after a game. Um, and that's basically all it was, really, and just giving fans a voice. So it was, it was just as simple as that. And and um, how long have you been going to the games? I mean, how long did, did it take to, to sort of like get, in, you know, get up from the, from the concept stage to the actual lights, camera, action stage? Oh, I mean, I had the idea probably... Probably had the idea for about a year, um, and then I just thought, you know, it, you know what? It was just it was just one of those things where I just said, you know what? It's it's no point just keep talking about this thing. We're just going to have to go out and execute it. And um, thankfully, like um, my um, one of my business partners who who does it with me, he's also um, a cameraman and he's he's an expert um, on like building websites, etc. And um, I got him involved, and we just literally just said, right, you know what, the only way to do this thing is we're just going to have to get out there and do it. Mm -hmm. So um, I remember the first game that we covered properly was uh, Tottenham, when we played uh, Tottenham at home, when we beat them 5-2. So Which one, though? (laughs) (laughs) The second one. (laughs) All right, so that was like the the first time that we actually went to a game, and, and we did it. So it was a good game to start off with. And then just at first, we were only really intending to do it at home games. Mm-hmm. Um, we did the first couple of home games, and then we're like, oh, let's try an away game. And we went to Aston Villa away, and we got such a great response from doing an away game. And I was like, you know what? We need to do all the games, home and away. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, and then we just continued it on since then. And it's just sort of gone from strength to strength. So are you guys season ticket holders? I mean, how... 
how do you work it out? I mean, like you say, you, you, you decided you were going to go to all the games, or you, season two. I mean, it's, it's, logistically, it sounds like such an arduous task. It is hard. It's hard. It's all done out of our own pocket. We are season ticket holders. Um, and we do, you know, have to get the tickets for away games and, um, we, we've got the ones that helps us with that as well. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's all done out of our own pocket. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but it's really enjoyable though, you know, I mean, number one, you're following Arsenal. We love Arsenal. Um, love going to all the games anyway. Uh, we were doing it anyway. And, um, and then it's just, you know, it's just great to interact with the fans. Yeah. And yeah. How, yeah. how long have you been uh, supporting the, the Arsenal then? Oh God, I've been supporting Arsenal now for about, oh gosh, about 25 years. Right. Um, and. And bad. <laughs> the good and the bad, yeah, the yeah. good and the bad. So, um, since Highbury days, so, you know, but it's, it's it, it, I, I used to at one time really go mainly to home games. Mm-hmm. And, um, I go to like some of the main away games. Mm-hmm. So, but, uh, yeah, I mean, now we're going to every game and it's just, yeah, it's really, really good. I'm just loving it at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, Cal, you, you were to ask him a question about, um, Fan TV. Oh yeah, Robbie. And one of the things I wanted to speak about was, I mean, I heard about you guys and about Mo as well um, after the Aston Villa game, because yeah. that was obviously a time where all Arsenal fans were up and up <laughs> and, and really wanted to. I remember Mo's video took off really well, and you had a couple other guys that got really popular. So hmm. obviously you were there on that day, and I mean, yeah. obviously we keep everyone talks about how the atmosphere and the feeling around the club has changed since that day up to here now, and obviously you've been there at the forefront of that so how have you what have you seen uh, being really amongst the fans as the season's gone on I mean what's that change been like going from kind of it felt like rock bottom on that day to being mm. Liverpool and Dortmund you know how does that how has that been seeing yeah, that think, over, over such a short, short amount of time really yeah it's been amazing I mean I think that first game was frustration um, it wasn't necessarily just that one loss it was the whole um, summer it was the whole summer because I, I remember even um, me like the whole summer. I'd wake up every day. I'd be straight on the computer, looking. At, I, I know I shouldn't do it because I, I, you know, sort of now we're sort of involved in the media, and you know that a lot of them media stories that come out a load of rubbish about. It's addictive though, isn't it? Linked to players and that, yeah. But you just get carried away with it, and you know we were just so excited and you know at last Arsenal we were told they had a bit of money to spend and we were linked with all these players and we were about to get Higuain and then that fell through then we were going to get Suarez and then that fell through and then the season started and we got nobody really I mean all right Matthew Flamini but you know we haven't really gone out here and spent any money and then uh, we got beaten on that first game and it was doom and gloom and it was Frustration. Everybody was just so angry that, you know, we've gone into this season and um, we looked very unprepared for that first game. There was sort of no new player. You know, I mean, and sometimes you need a new player just to give the fans a lift. And there, there wasn't no, no lift. And after that game, fans were very frustrated, very, very angry. But I think what's happened since that game is uh, confidence has returned to the fans because, you know, we went out and bought Mesut Ozil. Um, spent a lot of money, which was incredible. Nobody expected us to spend um, that type of money. Nobody expected us to buy that caliber of player. And um, plus, as well, the team has been playing very well. I mean, they've been playing very well since um, the end of last season, and they carried it through into this season. I think it's just confidence and the fact that the fans can see that at last 
we're competing. Um, even though we lost to Manchester United on Sunday, it was a narrow defeat, and we're competing. Yeah. Last year when we went up there, I mean, I expected us to lose. I didn't expect us to lose this time, and and that's the difference at the moment. Is that Arsenal at last, um, and for the first time in a very long time, are competing with every team that they play, and that is what's getting all the fans excited again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mo, yep. <clears throat> Who's that? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, um, for me, it, it's as I mean, kind of like uh, maybe fairy-like as this sounds. Like, you know, when I hear Robbie talking about Arsenal TV and the journey and all that, I, I get a sense of uh, pride and, and stuff out of it as well because, you know, this season I, I've been uh, talking to Robbie a lot after games, you know, after every home game. And, um, you know, I, I'm just, I feel forever indebted to, to Robbie as a gooner, because I finally feel like the, it, there's less room for the club to hide in now. I, I'm very cynical about the intentions or the kind of, um, what, what the, well, basically what the owners are up to at our club and what their true intentions are. And I think with, with Arsenal Fan TV, the amount of exposure it's got, if you look at the amount of hits that the video's got after the Villa game, I think they're in excess of a million. And, mm. you know, these aren't numbers to be sniffed at. And I, I really think that, you know, he's given, he's given the, the fans of the club a real platform to voice yeah. their opinions and their views and they're at, it's at such a large extent now that the club can't ignore it and um, you know Arsene Wenger alluded to it he, he did say that after the Aston Villa game there was kind of a revolution and mm. Uh, mm. you know that is I, I think a big part of that is Arsenal fan TV because you know it, it, the, the amount of exposure it got was ridiculous the amount of of, of people that um you know saw saw my video never mind my video but uh chris's video you know the one where he was saying um you know should be ashamed of himself yeah you know really the emotional juices got flowing i mean that that day what you captured mm. that day robbie yeah. um he got the it, it struck a chord not only with Arsenal fans, but I mean, I showed it to some non-Arsenal fans at work, and they were like, "You're flipping out!" It really yeah. took off. It, it was just it was, it, was in, it was incredible. I remember I woke up um, the next day and um, I checked my emails. There was an email from Fox TV um, <laughs> in America. There was emails <laughs> from um, company um, TV station over in Norway. Um, Sky TV got in contact. It was just is blowing up. It was absolutely incredible. But I mean, it's the the best thing about it is 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 like what Mo just said. I mean, it's given fans like Mo, um, who goes there every week, spends his money, just loves Arsenal to death. I I, I know that because he came with us when we went over to Dortmund, and it's given these guys a voice. And um, listen, it's it's not every um week is like that week after Villa. Not Arsenal fans, I think, are very patient fans. I don't think they're out there to to slate the club off. We just want the club to be successful. And you can see that in the videos from, from the weeks passing as we've started to play better. There's been nobody really slating the club off. Everybody's just been really infused in what's been, you know, the upturn. So, Robbie, one question I want to ask you, and uh, you might want to kill me for this, but uh, I'm going to ask it anyway. Considering what that Villa game did for Arsenal fan TV, <laughs> considering how it multiplied the exposure that you had, and you know it was after that, it was kind of a ca- it was a case of you say Arsenal fan TV, and people have got your face in their head. You know that many people saw it. 
would you, if you could go back in time, change the result for a win? And uh, <laughs> <laughs> a normal reaction after the game for Arsenal Fan TV. Yeah, so, you know what? I would. I'd rather us have won that game. Um, I, I want us to win every game. And that's... I mean, then... What, on the funny thing is as well is that I look at that game and I think, well, hold on a minute. If we'd have won that game, we might not have got Mesut Ozil. Forget yeah. about Arsenal fan TV views. Mm-hmm. I just want the club to do well. I mean, if the club does well, we'll probably do well as well. You know, so yeah. I don't, I, I don't, you know, this. I've had some people speak to me since, and they're like, oh yeah, I bet you're glad when Arsenal losing. What are you talking about, mate? I yeah. want this club to win every single week. And I want fans to be coming on and being positive. But if we do suffer, you know, moments like that, and uh, you're going to get the true reflection off of Arsenal fan TV. I mean, we 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 lost on um we lost on Sunday. There was no real doom and gloom from the fans. The fans were still um very optimistic. The fans were still saying, "Listen, the, you know, um, players look kind of tired out there, but we'll get better." So you know, all we're doing is just giving a true reflection of what happens. And no, I don't want Arsenal to lose. I want us to win every game, as simple as that. Good, man. I have to say, have to say though, Robbie, that, like, I mean, obviously after the Villa game, everyone it was so, because everyone felt so angry, they wanted to kind of see people reflect in their views, and that's what we got. But, mm. I mean, like, after the Dortmund game, I think everyone was on such a high, and one of the first things I wanted to do was see Mo's little face on the screen, you know, <laughs> just yeah, outside the stadium. And you want, you want to see that, you know, out, you know seeing how... Yeah. You want, you want to, whenever, whenever we win a game, I want to watch, you know, I want to want to watch the match of the day highlights. I'm really looking forward to them. I want to see all these, read all these pieces talking about how well we're playing. You know, that's the kind of, and mm. I want to watch all the fans talk about it. You know, obviously, when we lose a game, you, you kind of, some people are going to be angry, or perhaps, or if mm. they were against Villa. But I think more than anything, when you win, you just want to feel like you're part of something, and you want to. Yeah. You want to Dort- Dortmund, was in, Dortmund was absolutely incredible. I mean, you know, that, that, that was, you know, and I think one of the other things that we've been really happy with here, um, all the team here at Arsenal Fan TV, is the fact that um, you get a lot of fans all around England, all around Britain, all around the world, and um, they get in contact with us and they say, you guys, by doing those games, the away games in particular, um, really give us an insight and a feel of how the fans, because sometimes you watch it on TV and you don't even see the away fans, the, yep. the, the, the volume sort of turned down, so you don't really hear um, the away fans, even though the away fans are making so much noise. Um, so, you know, a lot of fans say, oh, you give us a real true reflection of sort of how it is for a fan going to these games, and that's what we sort of set out to do right from the beginning, so we're really happy that people are feeling that. That's one thing that I've really noticed as well. You know, a lot of people have got in touch with me and stuff and actually said to me that, you know, you're really lucky that you can... Because now they see me going to the games, they see me doing an interview, they, they actually say that, you know, you're so lucky that you can go and they remind you that we are actually honoured, we're lucky to be one of them 60,000, and it sounds like a big number, but yeah. one of them 60,000 that actually gets to go to the games, and there's people that would do anything to be able to go to these games. That's but, right, that's you know, right. such yeah. passionate Arsenal fans, but they still can't go to the games. The and, Arsenal, uh, fan, Arsenal fan the other day, Mo, got in contact with us from Tibet. Wow. Now, I, 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 I was like, Tibet? I mean, no, you know, and Dalai Lama. <laughs> <laughs> it, it wasn't the Dalai Lama. 
But if, if the Dalai Lama's into football, he'll definitely be an Arsenal fan. He'd be an Arsenal fan. He'd definitely be an Arsenal fan. But you know, um, the, the one thing I wanted to say was that the, I've talked to Robbie about the formula behind Arsenal Fan TV, why it works so well, why it's taken off so so brilliantly, and it is because you just get that raw emotion. It, you know, these fans. You know, when I did my first interview uh, after the Villa game, it was a case of. 30 seconds after leaving the stadium, there's a camera in your face and you don't have time to think. It's just raw emotion and it, it just works brilliantly, brilliantly well. And, you know, I, I, I admire the vision that you, you had, Robbie, in, in terms of doing this because, um, you know, one, one question I'm, I know I've already asked you in private, but I'll ask you for the benefit of all the listeners. I, I remember asking you whether you thought Arsenal Fan TV would be this big when you first started it out and I'll let you answer that now for the benefit of everyone else. Yeah, and I remember I said to you that I did, you know, not being conceited, not being big-headed, but I did think it would be big, um, just for the mere fact that I knew fans would be... I, I didn't think it would be as big as we've got so quickly, um, but I did think that fans would connect with it. I did think it would get big because, as you said, what we try to do is get fans as soon as they come out of the ground. So get that raw emotion, get that raw passion um, and get that true feeling from a fan's perspective. And, you know, um, yeah, it's, it's gone really well and we're, we're just working on ways to, to, to make it better and better. I mean, we, we've been nominated for a couple of awards even. I wasn't expecting stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. well done. Well yeah, done. I wasn't expecting stuff yeah. like that, to be honest. But, um, yeah, it's, it's been going very well and we're just going to hopefully just keep making it get better and better. You know what I like? It's the kind of the stuff that you capture on your video is the sort of stuff that I say to my colleague or my mate when, when I'm with Inchi or whoever after the game. You know, yeah. um, it, it's that kind of stuff that you're capturing. Yeah, and um, it's not made up. It's yeah, not put off. Exactly. I mean, sometimes we're made to look like idiots, you know what I mean? Because we'd be like, yeah, that referee, you know, he should have, that was a definite nailed on penalty and he'd go and watch it on match of the day and see that <laughs> the referee got it right. But it's raw emotion. It's, it's how you feel, you know, it's how you feel when you come out. And, uh, you know what it's like for a football fan? It, it can be very, very, it, it's very, very frustrating sometimes. Such an emotional, emotive game um, football is. And, I think we capture that, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and you know, I'd like to, I'd like to say that um, what what I also like is the fact that not not all the fans there that go there are part of AST or AISA or whatever, and mm. you know all the fans the representations are captured. Yeah, that's yeah. right. I mean, <laughs> and I'm not saying they're doing any. Not, they themselves are doing great work. Yeah. BSF, AST, yeah. AISA, and all the other fan groups are doing great work as well. But they're not, you know. The, not all the fans' representation is, is captured. Well, I, I, I agree with you. I mean, I mean, yes, you, like you said, those, those guys are doing fantastic work, and there's some bloggers um, that do great work. But also, we want to hear from a person who may have one follower on Twitter, but he's got yeah. a but he's got a good opinion, you know. And yeah. so we 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 just literally want to hear from a fan that's got his view on the game. That's you, you know, that's all we want to hear from. And and it, it doesn't matter whether you've got a million followers on. Twitter, or you've got one, you know. We, if, if you've got, if, or not even on Twitter, if you've got a valid point, we, yeah. we just like to, to hear from you. And sometimes you get people that are completely, you know, their opinions are completely different to everyone else. I mean, I remember a couple of weeks ago um, at Crystal Palace, there was one oh. fan after the game who was slating off Giroud after everybody was there, sort of bigging, yes. bigging him up. And yeah. you know, we we had people say. Um, 
saying to us, you know, why did we put this guy on? Why? But I'm like, listen, that's the guy's opinion. Mm. And, you know, that's his opinion. And, you know, he, he doesn't rate Giroud. He, he, that's up to, you know, he, he, he deserves to be heard as well. You know, and was about so that's what it's about. We, we're not, we're, we're not trying to like, um, be biased yeah, and it's all got to go on. Yeah, we're not trying to censor it. I mean, obviously, if the, there have been a couple of ridiculous things that we've said, nah, we're not, we're not going to put that out. But um, on the whole... Were they from Mo? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mo, Mo will get us banned from Arsenal, I'll tell you. <laughs> you know what, I have to also say that I, I saw the interview you did with the uh, Man United guy. I have to say, you were... You you came across so impeccably well, Jeremy. I think he was trying to get a rise out of you. That's yeah, why. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's a typical United fan. You know, what I mean, he was, he was trying to. He was trying it, but um, yeah. you know, we listen. Deep down, even though he was shooting his mouth off and stuff like that, he knows right that they were relieved as hell to win that game, Man United fans. They they and what the thing that um the thing that got me is that. We spoke to a couple of the United fans after the game. We, we interviewed for Arsenal Fan TV's interviews, right? And they told us that that was the best performance by Manchester United this season. And any Arsenal fan who's been going to all the games will know that the first half, not so much the second half, but the first half was Arsenal's worst performance of the season. Worse than even Villa, right? Because against Villa, we didn't even play that badly. We, we just we kind of got done and we yeah. got down to 10 men. But the first half... Against Manchester United, um, we were awful. We, we, you know, we were really, really bad. And they were like, so as a, and they only just, they only just to me, they only just about beat us. We could have got, yeah. So I know that deep down, United are worried about Arsenal this season. So, you know, I, that's why I'm just keeping calm. They still got to come to the Emirates. I just want to say a couple of things. If, if that's all right. Um, firstly, in, in regards to the United game, uh, it was clear that, you know, we played Liverpool, we played Dortmund, and I think that was just at the end of a very tiring week. Had it been the other way around, had we played United first, I, I really think we would have beaten them and would have lost to Liverpool. I just think it was the effects of that. And um, also, I, I just want to say a couple of things about you, Robbie, because you're probably too humble to do so yourself. But <laughs> when, I, when I talk to you one-on-one... Uh, mm you're clearly a very, very opinionated, passionate guy about about the Arsenal, and you've got a hell of a lot of opinions that I don't know how you do it, but in the interviews, you hold back on and you let the other person talk. Uh, that's a skill in itself. But, um, you know, sometimes you're kind of... You're very forgiving of people when they talk crap, and I just want to, like, you know... <laughs> let people know that, you know, it's not that you uh, advocate their opinions, but you're just doing your job um, for Arsenal Fan TV. And I, I admire that. I, I don't know how you managed to do that. You know, that Giroud's a waste of time guy. It's phenomenal that you didn't punch him in the face for just arguing for shouting. <laughs> and secondly as, secondly, as well, uh, what I want to say, uh, you know, a lot of people, they just see the videos that go up, but I've seen it firsthand. Lads, um, the Arsenal Fan TV team, Robbie and Tal, they put in a shift. You know, they do their... Nine to fives, Monday to Friday. Then come the weekend, by the, uh, when they leave for the game, by the time they get back to bed, they've done a twelve-hour shift. And I know ninety minutes of that is watching the Arsenal, but you know they're still having to lug all their gear around and do all the interviews out, like come rain or shine, upload them all, do all the tagging, all of that sort of stuff. The amount of work that goes on behind the scenes. And we just see a couple of minutes of uh, of a video clip. You know, they do deserve a hell of a lot of credit. So, oh, thank if you, you, mate. Yeah. If, if, you ha- if you haven't voted on the football blogging awards, 
Seriously, yeah. be a Guna. I'm, I'm always hashtagging Guna family. Get out there and vote because they really yeah. do deserve some recognition for what they do. Thanks I'll, I'll, t- I'll tweet much. it to my uh, 20 followers on Twitter. Every little else. I have to say as well that, um, you know, I don't know how you do it, but every morning, every Saturday morning, you get up, I don't know, crack of dawn, you're in your car, you've got cows, uh, in, uh, you know, these mm. cord. And I think to myself, he must have a bad morning sometimes, you know, maybe someone's got off his nose and that. But every time he's like, let's do this, this we're going to do this. It's a picture of enthusiasm, you know what I mean? Like, you, you infuse everybody that watches the videos. And I think to myself, how do you do it every, every Saturday morning? You know what, to be honest, right, I, I, am, I, I am always infused when I'm on the way to, not, not always on the way back, <laughs> but um, on, on, the way to, on the way to a game, I always feel very infused. And Mo, Mo makes a good point there. I mean, it, you know, it, and I've got to say real big shout as well to Tal. And also, um, even my wife's involved, um, Simone behind the scenes and that. I mean, there's a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes, Um to, to, to even to upload the simplest of video, it takes ages. I mean, we wish we could find a quicker way. Uh, some people, I think sometimes that they think it's almost like we've got one of them uh, BBC production vans that can just whip it up <laughs> straight away. Unfortunately, we don't have all that sort of, uh, not yet, that sort of equipment. But, yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes. But I think one of the things that helps is that we enjoy it. Um, we, we just enjoy... Um, like you said, the 90 minutes of watching Arsenal, and the, I, I enjoy all the banter with the fans. The fans are brilliant, I'll tell you. And um, even somebody, you know, you go to somebody away grounds, somebody away fans as well. Um, you know, it's good, it's good sometimes interacting with them because they're just football fans. Everyone's just football fans, really. Everyone just wants their club to do well. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you about the the the, the team. Yeah, it is. Um, I asked Andrew from Ask Blog earlier tonight yeah. what his um, how what he reflected upon his uh, 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 his reflections of the uh, first the first trimester of the season. Mm-hmm. We're coming up to the end of the first trimester. What are your thoughts and views on how we've done and and going forward? I think at the moment, you know, the team has been absolutely brilliant. I mean, to be top of the league with the amount of injuries that Arsenal have got is. Amazing. I mean, I, I was saying to um, a friend of mine yesterday, I mean, Manchester City, um, they're crying because they're missing Vincent Company, and they're saying, oh, we're losing these away games because Company's not there. I mean, we're missing about five, six players every game, you know, and nobody ever seems to sort of mention that. Nobody ever, like, even, you know, when we got beaten um, by Chelsea in that League Cup game, and there was all this big talk about squads, Nobody sort of uh, included the fact that, you know, as part of Arsenal's squad, they're missing Theo Walcott, who was their top scorer last season. They're missing Podolski, who's got, you know, I think was their third top scorer. They're missing Oxlade-Chamberlain. These are, these are big players. And for Arsenal to have still kept it together and to still be top of the league um, has been absolutely brilliant. So I think the first part of the season... We've done really, really well. I mean, that win away in Dortmund was incredible, absolutely incredible. Um, there's been no... T- I think the only game I could say this season where I'd say our team turned us over was that Chelsea game in the league. And that was the League Cup. And you had a couple of players yeah. who came into that game who hadn't really played much 
Um, and, you know, like Jenkinson looks a bit nervous in that game, etc. But apart from that, you know, I've just got to say, I can't say anything more than the team's done brilliantly, especially after that first really demoralising game. So it's been a brilliant start, brilliant, brilliant start by the team. And we've got players to come back and it's, you know, it's looking good. I, I just hope and pray that we can get ourselves a um, top-class striker um, in January. And I, I think we just need to add, you know, the real top-class player. I think we can win this league. That was going to be my next question, is mm-hmm. uh, which, which, which targets, you know, which specific areas do you think need, need strengthening? I think, um, you know, looking at it, I think um, striker is the position. I mean, we, we're blessed at the moment with loads of midfielders. Um, Flamini's really surprised me, the way he's come in and what he's done. Um, so I would have said a holding midfielder, but the way he's playing, um, we're right at the moment with a holding midfielder. And then Arteta's really stepped up this year, I think, as well. And he's been absolutely brilliant as well in there. And defence-wise, the defenders have been doing really well. I mean, I know I know against United we got done by that set-piece, but I thought Vermaelen, when he came in, did really, really well. Um Gibbs, Monreal, all those guys, they, they've been playing really well. So the defenders has been good. The keeper's been playing well. Um, I just think that one little weak link at the moment, unfortunately, is uh, Nicholas Bentner. Yeah. He's, he, uh, he's had a lot of chances at Arsenal, and he's just not cutting it. And I would, you know, I would, um, in um, January, go out there and buy a real, not just any ordinary striker, a real top-class striker that can push us on to win the league. And if it's someone like Benzema, I mean, Lewandowski's the guy I'd love to get, but I don't know if he's if he's still definitely going to Bayern Munich. I don't. Robbie, let me just interrupt you there, mate, because um, you, you mentioned Lewandowski, and I was playing football manager yesterday. I, <laughs> I, I signed Lewandowski for £24.5 million in the January transfer window, and I had to match... Uh, his wages with Meza Ozil but you know it's possible mate okay listen <laughs> I, I hope that listen I, I just think right that if we added a top class striker to the team that we've got we're going to start really frightening teams out there um, you know because I think that's the only thing listen and, and don't get me wrong Oliver Giroud has been brilliant if you go to some of those away games and you see how Giroud's played, I mean, even some of the games where he hasn't scored, his hold-up play and the way work he's put his work rate and the way he's played up front on his own has been absolutely brilliant. But I think the guy's going to start getting tired soon. He's yeah. got two tough games for France this week. They're, they're trying to qualify. Mm. And I'm just really worried that if something happens to him, we're mm. going to be in problems. And I, and I just think, you know, go in January... Get, it doesn't matter if that player's cup-tied in the Champions League, but get somebody yeah. really, really top-class that when we're going out there and we're playing teams from January onwards, that they're scared of us. They're thinking, oh, they've got Lewandowski, they've got you know, all these guys in midfield, what are we going to do? This is our, the fear factor's back. And I, that's the only thing we're missing that could push us on to, to win the league. And that's right. Yeah, I'd love us to. Do, I'd love us to just add that ingredient. I think we could definitely be in with a big chance of winning the title this year if we do that. Oh, cool. Um, Andrew said earlier that um, <clears throat> we we should guard against you know this kind of expectation that just because we spent forty two million, 
we shouldn't get into this way of thinking that we're going to spend that every time. Especially in so you feel that you feel that you know if you know if if needs be if needs must we go out we go and get a top top class. Yeah, structure. yeah, I do. I mean, yes, we do need to guard it, um, guard against that. But in this particular position, a striker. If you're going to get the really top-class guys that are going to guarantee you goals, you've got to spend money. Um, you can, in some of the other positions, you know, do what Wenger's done over the years and get players who can develop into that position. But for striker, you've got to spend <laughs> some dough to get the real top players in. And whether it be Benzema, whether it be Lewandowski, or players of that calibre, going to cost you a lot of money. It's as simple as that. And But I think it'd be money well spent. If we win the title, it's worth it. Yep, absolutely. Interesting. Let's go on to um, the atmosphere. Now, you are on the ground every game. Yep. You're there with the fans every game. And in the last few weeks, I've been going on about the atmosphere in, inside the ground. Um, for me, it came to a head at the, um, the home match against uh, Dortmund, where yeah. our fans were policed. Yeah, it was Chelsea, wasn't it? That was against Chelsea, yeah. Chelsea, yeah, sorry. Was yeah. It? No, and Dortmund, and Dortmund. Well, the Chelsea yeah. game was the one with the home Chelsea. Game, well. the, home game, the home game against Dortmund, yeah, the Chelsea game as well, but it was also the, the, the home game against Dortmund, where the, home, the, the Dortmund fans were allowed to do as they please, and um, and the Chelsea fans were allowed to do as they please, I think they got 9,000 or whatever, and our our fans were corralled and sold on, and, you know, you, you heard on Twitter and other forms of social media how, you know, stories about, you know, um, stewards... Um, you know, telling our fans to shut up and sit down. I don't blame the stewards personally because they're doing their job. Mm. I think, the, the, you know, the, the, the precedent has been set from high above. Um, there are some jobs worth us, though. There are some jobs worth There are some. They're probably, the day job's probably a traffic warden or something. <laughs> you know, but. Um, both of them statements are true. I mean, I, I, I was told by one fan that one steward came up to him and apologised for the fact that he was having to tell them all to sit down and shut up and all that sort of stuff. So it was very clear that, that it has come from above. But, you know, as Robbie's saying, some of them uh, thrive on it whilst the, the minority are reluctant to do so. You know, it seems like they're not really in touch with the supporters' um, kind of wishes, really. Some people do it and they think they're doing the right thing, but others are aware of the fact that it's a bit annoying for us. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and so I, 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 I put this thing out in a, in a, I think it was a blog or, I don't know if it was a previous podcast, if it was a blog or something, I'm not sure. And I said, well, why don't we, you know, have a section for the away fans somewhere else in the ground, you know, mm. and then have our fans. Definitely. Definitely. And I, 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 think, I think that's a great idea. Um, we, we've actually um, doing a little feature at the moment on Arsenal Fan TV where we're talking to fans about atmosphere as well that we're, we're going to put out in a few weeks' time. And, um, I mean, Mo will tell you, he went to Dortmund. They got that stand there where they put all the singers there mm. and they create a brilliant atmosphere now I think um, I think we should do something like that in the Emirates I really do I mean we, I, I think we, we, we've got the red action section but I don't know why that's shoved into a corner I think that should I, I mean I, I was talking to Mo about this when he was over in Dortmund and I said what I'd like to see at Arsenal is say a singing section um, in the North Bank um, with at least say a thousand singers yeah. And a singing section um, in the clock in with about a thousand singers. Yeah. Where 
everybody's told that section's designated for people who's singing and flags, etc. And everybody is um, told that, listen, if you're going to go and sit in that section, mate, people stand up, they make a load of noise. So if you don't like that, you need to try and get a seat elsewhere in the ground. That yeah. section has been designated for singers. It does work. I saw it at Crystal Palace the other day. They, yes. They've got a, they've got a singing section there, yeah. and they were that that little section that they had was very loud, and it was leading the rest of the rest of the um the the stadium. And you know, I think I think it, listen, Emirates needs a bit of help at the moment. It, mm. You know, it, when it's the big games like Liverpool and things like that, the atmosphere is absolutely incredible. Everybody was up for it, but that's a big game. Mm-hmm. Big, important games like that, the fans are always up for it. But mm-hmm. I think that the stadium, beautiful stadium, the best stadium in the country by far, but it needs some help. It does need some singing sections in there, um, and a debate needs to be had. Because yeah. at the moment, you know, at the moment, it's not just the Emirates either. It's no. every big stadium up yeah. and down the country right now, ever since they got rid of standing and that. Every, especially the big clubs, mm. Manchester United, their fans didn't sing on, on, on Saturday, on Sunday, until they scored that goal. And I'm not just saying it from a biased point of view, they didn't. When they sung the goal, when they got the goal, yes, they got loud after that. Until then, being outsung by the away fans. Every single ground I go to with Arsenal, our fans outsing the home fans. Probably only the other place that I went where two places I went where that didn't happen, where they both had seemed to have singing sections, was Crystal Palace and West Brom. Every other um, ground that Arsenal fans have been to this year, they have outsung the home fans. Mm. Even the yeah. um, even the little clubs like Tottenham are having problems as well. <laughs> well, that's right. I mean, I, I remember, you know, when AVB came out and said what he said, but honestly, I mean, even though, yes, I'm going to hate on Tottenham, but honestly, it's not just Tottenham, it's every yeah. club, because the fans, they go there, when you're, when you're with, like, quite a big, supporting quite a big club, your expectations, especially when you're playing one of the, the so-called smaller teams, is that you're expecting to win, you're expecting to be entertained, and people wait for things to happen. And we do need singing sections. Dortmund, you know, right from the start of the game, that section of fans there, they were singing. Mm. That's like, it was their job. It gets everybody else going. And I, I think it'd be brilliant to have that at the Emirates. Yeah. I, I, I did, um, when I wrote the blog piece a few weeks ago, I did mention that um, Newcastle United um, had a singing section for which um, Alan Pardew actually acknowledged during the uh, UEFA Cup run or yeah. Europa Cup run that they had that it, you know it helped it, 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 it helped the team in no end. Yeah. Uh, Man United recently installed that had that initiative at the uh, Real Sociedad game. Yeah. Which, um, David Moyes again acknowledged. We had Ed Barker from United rent on last week and he said that. Look, you know, you know, you, you know, the, the the breed of fans that are going to games now. Aren't, they, they're not inclined to sing. No, they're so not. So, singing section, having, for want of a better word, an orchestrated section in there can only, you know, boost the atmosphere. Of and, course, uh, of course. And if you notice, right, every one of those foreign clubs, um, when they come over in the Champions League, they're out sing the British clubs every mm. single time because they come with their sort of organised ultras. 
They got guys with megaphones, drums, and all that. There, I know it's 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 a hard one because British fans, our type of singing, in comparison to the singing of fans abroad, is different. I mean, like when we was in Dortmund the other day, they seemed to only have three songs, and that was it. Whereas the Arsenal fans, you know, they were making up songs off off the cuff. That's sort of the English fans' way. You know, we 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 banter with like. You know, a, the the home fans or away fans will make up things, and I love that. I love the sort of spontaneous way in which the fans um, react with songs over it. But we're definitely not singing like how we used to do back in the day. And I think those little singing sections with people with flags and getting everybody going would definitely increase the atmosphere. And why 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 not try it? I mean, you know. Uh, we had uh, Chris Hambling of um, from Crystal Palace on uh, a couple of weeks ago, yeah. and I, I, I um, he I said to him, you know, you had the, the, the singing section that we saw at the Sellers uh, uh, Park, yeah, really actually came on board from when they when they went to Wembley and they won the playoffs, yeah. The club, the club realised that this is something beneficial that they wanted to implement throughout the season in the Premiership in the in the Premier League. So the, the, they, the, the fan, the fan group, and the club came together really? to actually have that singing section that you saw at Sellers Park. I mean, you know, Arsenal will argue that they've got a singing section, the red action section, and the, the, the red action guys—they're trying their best. But I just it's think, why is it, why is it flung over there in the corner? Why yeah. is it just, you know, yeah. just? And, and it, it's all discordant. I mean, you got, you got, you got a couple of blocks in North Bank, block five, block mm. six as well, but it's not. It should be a throng. It should be, as you say, a section, a real proper yeah. section of the ground, two sections of the ground, yeah. you know. And I um, know that Arsenal fans, because, listen, if you go away with Arsenal fans, they're absolutely incredible. The, the, the noise that they make, I mean, I was at Sunderland the other day, and a Sunderland fan said to me after the game, he said, listen, he goes, he goes, I commend Arsenal fans. He goes, the amount of noise you make, and he goes, the numbers that you lot bring. He goes, there's only two other clubs, he said to me, right, that bring that amount of numbers. Um, Robbie, don't reveal they, them. Don't reveal them. We'll, we'll <laughs> let the listeners try and guess who they are. All right, right, let me have a guess. You guys no, have no, a guess. What, what well, you guess you know already, Ma. I told you, didn't I? Yeah, yeah. What, but I, I guessed them, actually, though, didn't I, Robbie? What? It was... I, you know, maybe make Giles or Callum guess. Spoiler alert! Well, <laughs> I reckon I'm gonna, I'm gonna say Newcastle, surely. Yeah, Newcastle was yeah. one. And who was the other? There was only one other club. New, there was three clubs: us, Newcastle, and one other club that bring come in their numbers and make loads of noise. You, well, you'd think it'd be another northern club, wouldn't you? Um, Stop searching for clues. <laughs> Go on, Giles. I've got, I've got Newcastle. Giles can have a go. Oh, no, I was going to say West Ham, but probably wrong. No, it weren't West Ham. Liverpool. Liverpool. Yeah, I, I was yeah. going to say that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, said, yeah, the guy said Liverpool, Arsenal, and he said Newcastle. Obviously, they're down the road and it's a local derby, but he said those clubs come in in numbers and they make so much noise. So why is it Emirates can be sometimes... You know, a bit quiet. I'm going to try and answer that. Just needs a bit of help, Emirates. Just needs a I'm bit gonna, of help. I'm going to try and answer that, Robbie. I, if, at Arsenal, in terms of um, the pricing structure and how all of that, uh, all the different um, prices of tickets contribute to our match day income, the mm. commercial uh, tickets, you know, the club level and all of that sort of stuff are hugely, hugely important. And, you know, I've, I've 
mentioned this before, is that kind of, um, you know, I, I, I don't like using these terms, but uh, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it because it's kind of the historical view that people have of football fans, but that working class singing culture, you know, singing from the belly or the terrace fans and all that sort of stuff, does that tie in with the corporate tickets that we're trying to sell in that um, environment that we've got at, at the Arsenal? You know, that's, that's maybe uh, something that detracts from... Um, doing that to, when it comes to the board and, and that sort I, of thing. I, I don't think so, Mo. I, I think, yes, you've got a point when you talk about the prices because obviously, um, you know, the pre, you can't get no youngsters, not enough youngsters going to footballs at the moment because of the prices of the tickets. Um, and that, that, you know, when we were young, we were the singers. You know, when yeah. we went to ground, the, the older guys may not want to sing and jump up yeah. as much as the younger guys. So, yes, the price... But surely, as a stadium, you want it to have a good atmosphere, even for your corporate people. All right, they might not join in. They may be up in their club boxes eating their prawn sandwiches, but they still want to see a good atmosphere, don't they? And yeah. but know, Robbie, with, with a good atmosphere, you get vocal people, and you know, let, let's face it: the when there's a when there's a group of what is primarily young men singing and chanting, not all of it is always tasteful, not all of it is always, you know, what you'd expect to be in yeah, line you're, you're with. You're up in your club section, you put your headphones on it. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, Shut the, going you to the lounge. Slide, slide those doors back, won't you? <laughs> Watch on the don't get me wrong, guys. I'm not saying that I want uh, corporates in rather than real fans, but I'm I'm just playing devil's advocate here and saying that potentially this is a reason why the club lean more towards that style of fan than you know what what we want. But I I personally would love to have a singing section. You know, um, clock end North Bank two singing sections and fill them. Let let the fans decide how big they are because you can't rip away people's season tickets. But with the existing season tickets, if you say to them, right, who wants to be part of this, and see how many people say yes, you know, I want to be a part of this, and then also sell some red membership seats in there, pad it out a little bit, you can get enough people to move around the stadium. And you know, sorry if you're not sitting exactly where you want, but there's more important things at hand here. Yeah, and I, 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 I agree with you on that, Mo. I think it's easily done. We've seen now they've introduced the um, section um, in the um, in the clock end, the junior gunners section. Yeah. yeah, so if you can introduce that, you could definitely introduce a singing section. It's not a hard thing to do. All right, there may be a few fans that might be, you know, be, you know, peed off because they've been moved, but it's for a good cause. Exactly. And I think, I think, you know, they you say to those fans, you can stay here, but it's going to be noisy. It's going to be a lot of singing, and you've got to be part of it. Otherwise, we're going to move you around on this side where it's a bit quieter. Yeah, and, and, and I have to say, I have to say that I do know Red Action have tried to try to be uh, raised. Uh, they have, they have with the club. Mm. They have. They're not been sitting on their asses doing nothing. They no, have. Tried they have to, definitely. And but I think the club has sort of said we're we're, we're happy with things as they are. Well, uh, if the club are saying that they're happy with things as they are, that's disgraceful because. But Robbie, Every, that's everybody, who, everybody who goes to the Emirates would agree that the atmosphere needs improving, especially, as I said, it's all right for the big matches. You go there for a Champions League night. You go there when we're playing, you know, Man United, Chelsea, when we're playing Liverpool like we were the other day. No problems with the atmosphere. But it needs help for those games when we're playing Stoke. 
Yeah, but you know that—that's that, my point. That it, it this is club-led, you know, and I, I just wonder what are their true motivations. You know, I, unfortunately, there's, um, you know, you do get the type of fans that want to go there, and it's a, it's a day out. It's kind of like, you know, should we go to the theatre? Should we go to the football sort of thing? And they want to sit there and see what unfolds in front of them. There, you know, I, I just think maybe the club leans towards them, and that. Um, suggestion links in with the fact that yeah that that type of ticket that type of fan contributes heavily to our match day revenue but they so, could sit on a, they could sit on the side mo we're only talking about like reserving a section of say i'll say 3000 3000 sure, out of that ground i mean 3000 3000 away fans can go to every ground in the yeah. Premier League and outsing the home fans i see it all yeah. the time right but I'm, so I'm you can reserve that, that. One one and a half thousand in the clock in, one and a half thousand in, in the North Bank. That's only three thousand. You've still got yeah. fifty seven thousand other seats. So if you know I'm not arguing it can that only one. be a positive for the club. And, I, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm not arguing yeah. that. I'm just saying that the fact that the club have said no, we're happy with it, I'm just suggesting why I think they have said that. Yeah, that, I'm, well, you, I'm you, not you're agreeing right. with it. At that all. could be that could be the reason why they're saying that. But if the, the, you know, I think I think then they're out of touch. Yeah. If, if, you, if you speak to fans, even fans that don't sing, would love the atmosphere to improve. Out of and touch, I 100% agree with the five board members at our club. Their combined age is in excess of a hundred of 330. Not one of them is a football person. I know even Gazilis is was ex commissioner of the MLS or whatever crap that is, but he's not an English football fan. You know, he doesn't know what English football is all about. Let's face it, American soccer is completely different. It's a franchise-led thing. And, you know, so there's no real traditional English football heads on our board. And you're right, they're out of touch. Of course they are. If we did have people that were more, um, you know, football-focused, then it it may well be different. But until the board changes, this won't change. And I, can, I just, can I just make a point about this whole American thing? I think we, we give Americans a, a hard time about saying they don't understand the, the, the soccer culture and, or the football culture and, and the atmosphere culture. Let me tell you something. You go to a college basketball or college football, True. American football game, you, go, you tell me that they don't know how to drop an, drum up an atmosphere. No, you're he right. Will, he will know what an atmosphere is like. He just doesn't care. He just... He probably... Just, I don't know. I don't know, but he knows what an atmosphere is like. Ahmed's been to many basketball games in um, yeah. in America, like New York Knicks and, and, and Atlanta Hawks and stuff like that. And believe you me, they work really hard. Like, it's a different type of atmosphere, mark you that, but they work very hard on atmosphere and crowd participation and stuff like that. So, it's in, listen, for your product, I can't see how a quiet stadium will help their product. If the place is... It's what, it, we, when we talk about Borussia Dortmund, it's one of the things that they're this more just as famous for that as their actual football. Yeah. They're fans. So, yeah. you know, it can only help. Your, your, your fans out there will be thinking, I want a piece of that. Because I heard that when you go in that place, it's absolutely buzzing. I want to be part of that. You know? So I, I just can't get what how they will be satisfied with, like, a quiet atmosphere at the stadium. It just does not, doesn't suit anybody, I don't think. I'll tell you, I'll tell you one thing. On our forum, uh, uh, Gunas World Forum, um, we have this discussion. This discussion comes up quite often. And what a few, some guys do say is, look, don't put it on the club. If you want to create an atmosphere, create an atmosphere. 
you know, sing, chant. You know, don't just sit there because the guy to the left of you and the guy to the right of you is not doing it. Don't get intimidated by, you know, what is perceived to be this sort of nanny state. Get up, sing. Yeah, and you, you got, you, the fans do try and do that, but if you're one, um, one amongst a thousand... You know, everyone tells you to sit down. <laughs> exactly. And also, um, you know, I, I personally, I'm, I'm quite vocal when I go to the stadium. I, I fully believe that you can make a difference as a fan in the stands. Uh, maybe it's because I never made it as a footballer. That, you know, I'm trying to just latch on to whatever I can do now. But if uh, 20,000 people shout Manon, you'll be sure the player will hear you. And also, in terms of the smaller <clears> games where the atmosphere isn't there, it, sometimes it is on the fans to, to raise a level for, for the players. Um, I've been to games in the past where I've had a couple in front of me ask me to quieten down, and I've just kind of I've just been bemused by that. And I actually said to them that you know I'm sure the players are either of sixty thousand of me than they would sixty thousand of you. You know if you want if you want you know a, a nice <coughs> atmosphere, don't come to a football stadium. And unfortunately, you know it is quite hard to be the one different person and keep keep up the you know keep up being vocal because you end up just pissing people off if the people around you aren't like minded. And do you know the most important thing about it, Mo, right? Why I could not if if what you're saying about the it doesn't suit the corporate image or whatever, the louder the place is, the more the fans get behind the team, the better they're gonna play. Mm. So surely it should be a priority to get the place buzzing. Because mm. That's what makes your place into a fortress. That's why back in the day, you know, people used to be scared of going to Anfield. You know, that's why people get um, intimidated by going to play Celtic. Not a very good team, but when you play them in the Champions League and they got all their fans behind them, it's a very intimidating place to go to. You know, Galatasaray, all these sort of clubs. People, people, when, when, when people go there to play football, they're talking about the atmosphere even more than the team. They're like, oh, it's a hard place to go to. Sometimes they haven't even got a good team, but it's a hard place to go to. That's sure, what we've got. But, Robbie, uh, you know, like, for example, there's the Diamond Club at Arsenal. Now, from what I know of the Diamond Club, right, it's uh, 25k uh, for the year, and you can only buy them in pairs. So, it, in effect, it's 50k. Now, I, I'm just saying, someone that spends, someone that's got that disposable income, that, someone that's got that much cash lying around, they'll spend 50k for them and their wife or them and their mate or whatever to go and sit in Diamond Club and have uh, a Michelin star chef cook their food. That 50k is equivalent to 33 £1,500 season tickets. Do you really think they're going to, what do you think they're going to want? You know, I'm, I, I just. It's Slide back their doors and sit inside <laughs> the wolf. Eat but your prawn sandwiches, drink your champagne, sure, watch the game, put your headphones in if you don't want to um, listen I to the think, facts. I think unfortunately... I'll flirt with the usher, I'll flirt with one of the, 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 the maids or the staff. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, I, I, as I say, please don't uh, mistranslate what I'm saying. I want what you're talking about, but yeah. I just think the club think, well, you know, what do we put the focus on? The people that we know are going to come to the game anyway, or the Diamond Club, where you actually I, have to I, work. I just, I just think, I just think that whatever they're thinking, the main priority should be the performance of the team out on the pitch. Yeah. And if the and place, the is, if the place no is loud, if the mm. place is loud, and if all the fans, are, if it becomes a fortress, and hardly anybody ever comes to the Emirates and takes any points, that gives us a better chance of winning the league. And I'll tell you something else. You create an atmosphere, you win a game, people are more inclined to go and buy stuff, and merchandising and whatnot, 
the kids are going to say, oh, dad, I want to get that um, so-and-so shirt or, you know, Ezio shirt or Juru shirt or whatever and blah, blah, blah. The, the, the knock-on effect. Plus as well, plus as well, Mo, I'll tell you what, have you ever seen some of these guys coming out of these boxes after the game? We're there kind of late sometimes, I tell you. They're, they're more rowdier than the people who came out <laughs> earlier on after they've had some of those sherberts up there. To be <laughs> fair, I guess if you're paying 25k a year, the stewards won't say anything, will they? Exactly. <laughs> you can do what the hell you like. Exactly. Exactly, but yeah. So um, it's, uh, the, 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 I think really the club should try and come and meet the fan, the fan groups, and uh, in middle ground, and, and, and really sort of, you know, other clubs are doing it. Other clubs are doing it. Mourinho said the other day that Stamford Bridge is a tepid place. If he's saying it, you know, you can be sure that the fan groups will be on it. You, you, you know, you never know. The shed might turn into a singing section. You know, clubs are beginning to slowly. I think it's because it's every ground at the moment. And as I said, because we go to every ground, um, you, you know, honestly, if if it's not just an Arsenal Emirates thing, you know, yeah, it's rubbish about hybrid library and all, all that rubbish. All these clubs, big clubs, their fans come, they come into the game. If they're playing a team that they're expecting them to win, the fans sit down, they fold their arms and they say, right, entertain me. Yeah, yeah, right, and that's not how it used to be at football, and that's not how it is in our away game. The fans no. go in and they're like, "We're here to have a good time. We're mm. here to get behind our team." You know, there's, there's a different mentality, different culture. Yeah, definitely. so you know, to, that home thing you're only going to change it is you're going. It needs help. You need these little fan things and that. You need. It. I think we're all in agreement. I really do, but you know, I I just think that. If, if we were to say what's the conclusion to this, the conclusion is that until we've got fans on the board or people that really care about the club on the board, people like David Dean or David O'Leary, people like that, it's never going to change. I think that's one thing that we have to accept. You know, it's, it's not going to change. As much as we're right, it's just mm. not going to change. I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to have to get Chris Hudson on the case. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say that um, saying David Dean, I mean, I, I'm always an advocate of David Dean, but I remember somebody said recently, if you want, if people keep banging on about the age of the board, they're 70 plus. Why do people start, why are people also banging on about David Dean? Isn't he 70 plus? No, but I'm banging on about two things. I'm talking about age of the board in terms of getting a different opinion and not be, not it being an echo. What I don't want in the board is an echo. I don't want someone saying, oh, Sir Chips, lovely cigar you have there, oh, here, here, and all of that sort of crap that I imagine what goes on now. I want someone to be able to challenge them. David yeah. Dean had that ability to kind of be a bit brave and to be a bit challenging in my opinion you know he's one that went and plucked Sol Campbell the legend out of that shithole down the road so you know David Dean's got that about him to be a bit challenging be, be a bit dynamic and not only that he's a football man so not only do I want someone younger younger a bit more innovative a bit more exciting I also want a football man on the board so it's a mixture of these two things it's not just age because you know even if David Dean was 90 I'd still want him on there I think you, I think we just need somebody who's savvy into football, younger. So if it's David Dean, great. But if it's somebody younger, even better, because he'll be there for a longer, a longer period of time. And you know, oh, that, that, that's, that's you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alan's gone to sleep. I'm um, still here. Yeah. Good. Stuff. Hang on there. All right. Um, so yeah, Cal, you've been pretty, pretty silent. Um, you got any <laughs> questions or anything you want to say? I mean, well. I agree with the majority of it. I think um, 
I do. I think the the problem though isn't an Arsenal thing. It's um, as Robbie said. You know, it's the big clubs. But it's I think it's just English football. You know, one of the things I really you know gets under my skin is when you see England games at Wembley, and whenever the second half starts, it's just completely yeah. You know that 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 uh, middle part of the stadium where the camera faces is always empty, and it, you just think, oh come on. <laughs> Even in the big big games, that really matter. Um, and then I, I always watch the, the Bundesliga, Bundesliga highlights every Monday, and whether it's Dortmund or Bayern playing, or whether it's one of the, the smaller teams, the crowds are absolutely brilliant. They're jumping. Yeah, at the end of the game, the players go and you know, throw their hands in the air to the fans, and the atmosphere there is is incredible. So, look, I don't really know how to fix it. You know, there's things like if you do get younger members onto the board, I'm sure that would. That's the kind of thing. Well, if anyone can fix it, it's Robbie with the... Yeah, get on the case. <laughs> with, all, with all seriousness, I just think we need any kind of effort to make the atmosphere better is, is, is a good one. I don't think, I don't think it can be it's something that can, that can change overnight. Um, but at the same time, Mo, I don't think it's something that cannot change under the current um, establishment, you know, I don't think mm. I, I agree. The fact that their priority certainly isn't the fans. You know, they wouldn't sacrifice profit. I don't think to get uh, a better fan experience or a different kind of fan in the stadium. But then I don't think many any modern fan in England, at least, there's not many st- football clubs that do that. So, um, but I think you know, just any effort for the fa- by the fans to kind of improve the atmosphere and you know, every little helps. You know, will go towards it and. Um, I think, Callum, that what might happen is, um, and I don't know if it will be from Arsenal, that one of the clubs, one of the big clubs, are going to sort of take it on board yeah. and going to go with something to really get the place going, and then their place is going to start rocking. Right? Well, you only hope and, then, and, then, and then everybody will start following them. I, I, I think that's what's going to happen. Well, is the <clears> safe standing not being considered at United now? Is that not yeah. so? That I mean, it, it might just take the first piece to fall into place, and then we get a domino Arsenal, effect throughout throughout English football. So, if you look you at Arsenal's history, sorry, if you look at Arsenal's history, we've been hugely innovative. We, you know, I think we're the first game to ever play, the first uh, game to ever play under floodlights. I think, um, yeah. you know, white shorts for visibility, and you know, all sorts of stuff. I can't even remember right now. And you know, if you look at that was under Herbert Chapman, a lot of it. And, you know, a lot of his sayings, never stand still, forward, all of the things, you know, it's a shame that we've lost that touch, you know, because they stick them on the shirts, they they do all of this stuff on the shirts where they remember Herbert Chapman, but when it comes down to it, maybe we've lost that ethos, you know, maybe, maybe we've lost that ability to be innovative and to be leaders in this sort of change. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, it's... Um I think it's a problem bigger than Arsenal. I think it is something that is just uh, the way the modern football's gone, you know, since the, all the money's come into the game. And uh, it's a, I think it's an irreversible change. But at the same time, we can still, I think, I still think the, the fans can still do a lot. You know, I don't think there should be this kind of, there shouldn't be a defeatist attitude and, um, you know, red action, all these guys. It's, I think it's good. You know, we can, um, you know, all these efforts that will, will make the experience better, even if it's only little. And, and we can only hope that in the future, Certain things come about that allow the experience to really step up a notch, but um, mm. yeah, I, there isn't there isn't a, a simple answer to this question. It's it's, it's a great debate, but um, it, it, yeah, as I said, it's just it's extremely complex and um, unfortunately well, Robbie, one of the the bad things about modern football, really. Robbie, let us know when you fixed it, please, mate. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could fix it. I'd fix it tomorrow. Honestly, I really would. Um, 
you know, and I, as I said, I, I actually think it's not a difficult problem to fix. I, I, I think, you know, if somebody's got the will out there, you, as you said the other, um, with the section there at Crystal Palace, create a couple of sections of like that at the Emirates. That will get the whole place going. That will get the whole place going. You will see a big change overnight at the Emirates if that happens. But, you know, there are some intricacies um, to do with modern football where it's a lot different to back in the day where, you, you know, you see these pictures of her fans searching forward on the terraces. I remember those days, but you're yeah. never going to see that again. But definitely the atmosphere, because as I said, I see it every single week when you go away with Arsenal fans. The amount of noise that 3,000 fans can generate, you know, you know, and outsing the rest of a stadium. So I know that if you have a designated part of the, the stadium in which you have those um, singers in there, it will definitely increase the atmosphere. Yeah. One, one other thing to steer it completely away from the, the discussion, <laughs> just because I want to ask you before you go, Robbie. Yeah. Is I watched, we're talking about all the, the new stuff you're doing with Arsenal Fan TV. I watched your top five Arsenal Judas's video the other day. <laughs> which I, I enjoyed I enjoyed immensely. Um, I have to ask, you controversially put, you didn't put Robin Van Persie as number one, you put Ashley Cole. Has yeah. your opinion changed since the weekend's events, or is he still number two? <laughs> Sorry, who were the five? Who were the five, Robbie? Who were the five? The five were the uh, number. Oh, gosh, I've got. I've got to hear you. Adebayo, your number five was number five was Adebayo. Um, number four, I think, was George Graham. Yeah. Um, number three was Nazri. Yeah. Two Van Persie, and in at number one was our friend Ashley Cole. I think. Can I stop you there? Can I stop you there, Robbie? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm. I'm shocked that Frank Stapleton's not in there. Yeah. Uh, He's not in there. Uh, he, he, he could have made it in there, but I think the other five. I think Addy Boyle, when he slid on his knees in front of the Arsenal fans mm. at that time at Man City, I mean, that was just outrageous. So he had to get into the five. And George Graham, going, you're going to go to Tottenham. You're definitely going to get into that. <laughs> I guess time's a healer as well, isn't it? <laughs> Fine, fine, well, no, no, he hasn't healed nothing. It's just, uh, you know, George Graham went to Tottenham, so he's got to get in that yeah. top five. But I think Ashley Cole, I think he's, I remember that. I still remember it vividly when he went. I mean, you know, he, he, he reasons unlike, as well. unlike some of the other players, he had no reason at the time. Yeah, yeah. To exactly. to Chelsea, you know, because Arsenal were actually doing well. We still had Thierry Henry and players like that, and he still left to go to Chelsea, and it was strictly for the money. Well, oh, he, so he had two reasons. He had 5k a week, and he had the fact that John Terry will smash anything. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Well, Van, Van, Persie, <laughs> Van Persie, definitely, he, he's up there. I mean, and he's, the worst thing about it is he's scoring against us every time he plays against us. And I, I, I said, actually, um, I did a show after the Man United game, aftermath show, and I said that I was actually glad that he celebrated that goal like that. Because to me, that is his true colours. Last year, when he's like, oh, I'm not celebrating, why not? You're, you're not you're not wanted, you're not loved at Arsenal. I think he's realised that now. So that's why he's celebrating. And the way, the way when he left, right, the way he came out with that statement, it, that was all designed to try and keep Arsenal fans on his side. And yeah. it had nothing to do with any ambition and stuff like that. He wanted to. He wanted to go. A lot of it was to do with money. Mm. Yeah. So 
know. Guys, I'm gonna really, I'm gonna read out a quote that he said recently, which uh, I, I think you're talking about his true colours. I think this just sums sums him up for what he is. He said. I promise that I won't celebrate goals scored against my former club, but when that same club forgets your hard work and your feelings, you forget your promises. Now, the fact that he's saying that he's done some, he's celebrated a goal as a result of us forgetting certain things, it, you know, the irony of that makes me really want to slap him around the face. Because <laughs> the fact of the matter is, I think he's forgotten the fact that. We, we signed him for 2.8 million from Feyenoord when he was a nobody. We made him into the player he is. And when he was injured, he was never world class. We could have easily cut our losses with him and sold him to some average European team somewhere, sent him back to Holland, done whatever we want. But we stick by our players, just like we've done with Abu Dhabi. We've had this. We've had this. Let's not get into this sort That's of... That's what I was going to say. ...final moral ground. There's players that we haven't stuck with in the past. Well, I, I think on the whole we do. And the only other thing I'd say, out of eight years that he was with us, we got four and a half years out of him. Three and a half were on the treatment table. He owed us loyalty. So I think he's the one that's forgotten who stuck by him. And he, he's the one that's forgotten who treated him well. So, you know, when, when he does come out and say this stupid sort of rubbish that he's spouting now, you know, uh, I just hope... One thing... As I said, I, I just think that it's the, the fact that that's, uh, that statement that he came out with when he was... Um, trying to leave was just done to engineer the move that's, that's the thing that really got me mad I would have I would have preferred if he'd have just moved but I think he was trying to sort of think to himself oh I want to be sort of like I said Fabregas that mm. fans think to themselves oh yeah actually let him you know he's got a good reason to go so you know because he knows he knows that he was being a Judas and like Mo said you know it'd be like Abu Dhabi now coming back next season, having one great year, and then saying, right, guys, I'm off to Barcelona. Exactly. You know, it would be, you know, he, 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 the guy, I remember, he was always injured. He'd come back from an international break, injured. and calf injury, or, he, he, he always, always injured. And not only that, so Arsene Wenger turned him into that striker. Arsene Wenger put him down the middle there and said, I'm going to turn you, and I'm going to stick by you. You see, like, what he's done with, similar with Ramsey, so come on, he owed something, and if he was even gonna go, he should have just done it in a different way. I, 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 I'm all for sometimes players just being straight up and saying, "Listen, there's a lot of money on the table here." I've got, I've got to say though, like this this time last year though, like you know we were kind of like we were still very bitter about it. The biggest fuck you to Van Persie we can give is just to go on. I feel like we've moved title. past it now. Win yeah. the title, and do you know what? I just don't. I just, <clears throat> I'm beyond caring now. I hate it when he doesn't. I agree. I agree, Callum. Callum. I think think what what fans forget is they're professionals. (laughs) We're the fans. At the end of the day, I don't. I don't. I I I really don't pay much attention to all this kissing the badge. I grew up with a. I grew up with a massive Arsenal poster in my bedroom. (laughs) Bullshit bollocks. At the end of the day, as you say, it's down to money. It's down to. It's down to. You're a professional. It's a finite life. If you're gonna move, go ahead and move. Yeah, you know I mean, uh, he's dead to me as far as I'm yeah. concerned. Yeah, you know me I mean, too. I've moved on. I have moved on. Every two, two times a year when he plays, us, he's annoying. And then apart from that, who gives a shit? You know, I agree with that. I agree. But with guys, that. I, I know, I know what you're saying, but I still want respect. So, so hold on, hold on, my hold on, my. Also, on top of that, if he wants to celebrate, well, okay, let him celebrate. I mean, come on, we're not the 
some of the some of the stuff that we've we've sung about, you know, wouldn't you celebrate? Oh, I mean, I'm, well, I mean, I'm not advocating. I'm no, not, no. not telling you what it does, but you know, if you're talking about if you're singing songs about rape and whatnot and blah blah blah, Look, it's it's uh, all this shit, that's, all this shit singing. It's it's. I think, listen, I think let him celebrate. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Guys, it's fine, listen, it's, it's you know, what I'd say is I, I don't mind him celebrating because, you know, he scored a goal, he's entitled to celebrate, but what I want is respect. If you look at Fabregas, if you look at Henri, they've always talked about the club with a lot of respect afterwards, and I think that's the minimum. You, you're saying they're a professional and they're going for money, fine, all of that aside, just have a bit of respect. Don't badmouth the club and don't talk rubbish after you've left, and that's what Van Persie has done with all this little boy rubbish. You look at Henri, he's talked about the club with... Class, Lundberg, Pires, Fabregas, Bergkamp, they've talked about the club with a great, great amount of class, and that's all I expect. That's that's why I, I, think, I, I think, I think the only got, thing, the thing, the main thing that pees me off about Robbie Van Persie is that he's still good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if he was rubbish, I would give a shit. Henri's still good. Henri's twice the player Van Persie will ever be. Yeah, but I mean, Come on, I mean, we've, we've got a player at the club who's... Who, gi- who, who gives a shit how good he is? It doesn't matter. They've got... He's their own... He's not... Look. Well, he won them the title last year. Put it he that did, I mean, yeah, yeah, last I mean if they hadn't had Robin Van Persie last year, they would have won. They would yeah. not... Definitely not have won the title. And that, that's what... That kind of upsets me a bit. But I agree with you guys. Let him celebrate. He's moved on now. It's, it's, it's a while now since he's left us. Yeah. I just would like us to go out and replace him. Get a Lewandowski or somebody like that in. Who could be yeah, a big really name? Forget. Yeah, we can really forget him then. Let's at least the Frimpong. Just let Frimpong at him. Oh, yeah. love it. We need to like chain him up and he'd get like a rabid dog ready to go. <laughs> Probably give him a Dench T-shirt or something. Right? Yeah. <laughs> at half time. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, um, we've got to move it on. Um, um, I want to move on to um, the. I suppose people want to. You guys want. Have you guys got a twat of the week? Robin Van Persie. All right. Okay. Cool. Okay. I think we will <laughs> agree. All in, all in favour. I don't know. I think that um, that referee in that Chelsea game. Oh yeah. Oh God. Bottled that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Should be Ramirez. Shouldn't yeah, it be Ramirez, Ramirez, not the referee? No, the referee. I think the referee, the referee, yeah. even, you know, Ramirez is desperate, but that referee, yeah. what for planet me, was he on? For me, yeah. Robbie, the referee's made a mistake. Ramirez is a cheat, you know, so for me, it's Ramirez. Ramirez, Ramirez is a cheat. Young Ramirez is a cheat, but the referee, come on, what was he watching there? I mean... It wouldn't have, got, it wouldn't have gone the other way if... if no, it was disgraceful. It wasn't even... A, it wasn't even a, nowhere near a, even one of those that you think is, you know, could it be, can't it be? I mean, the referee was disgusting in that game. All right. Okay, so on that, Robbie, we've got another new feature called the 30-second rant. If in doubt, spit it out. <laughs> on your, your soapbox, mate... You've got 30 seconds to rant about anything football-related re- starting from now. Oh, gosh, that's really put me on the spot. Well, I'm going to go for that referee. I mean, you know, Chelsea on the verge of losing that home record where they've just spanked everybody at home over the years. We've been hearing about their great squad, etc. West Brom, they went to United, beat United. Go to Chelsea, just about to do the same thing, would have done us a massive favour, and then this stupid, ridiculous referee goes and gives the most outrageous penalty I've seen in years. Get him out of football, get that ref out. 
<laughs> Callum. Oh, no, I can't beat that. No. Oh, Mo, <laughs> are you ready? All right, Mike, I'll go then. My right okay. of the week. Hold on, hold on. In three, two, one. Fire away. My rant of the week. Michael Owen, Alan Hansen, Alan Shearer, oh, yes. all of them bloody idiots. Arsenal fans, who gives a toss? Who the hell are they anymore? I don't see why we get so worked up about it. I personally think managers spend a lot of time in the press trying to take the pressure off their team, trying to create an us-and-them atmosphere so their team are continuously fighting, trying to prove people wrong. They're making Wenger's job easy. Who gives a shit what they say? Let them say all they want. We'll just prove it right on the pitch. Stop trying to convince them to change their minds. <laughs> great stuff, fellas. Great stuff. Um, Robbie, it's been absolutely fantastic having you on the show. Thank you very much for having me. For another hour at least. Thank I'm you very much for having me. It's been, been a pleasure. And, um, you know, you guys keep up the good work. And, um, yeah, great debate. Great debate with you guys. Great debate with you guys. Absolutely. And um, also, you know, uh, let's put it out to listeners. Um, the Football Blogging Awards, there's still time to vote, isn't there? And you're in the the, the best football video. Video, category. and there's another character, I can't remember what the character is. Yeah. <laughs> best Moaners or something like that, probably. Yeah. <laughs> but we're in, another, we're in two categories, so yeah, mm. um, vote for us if you, if you think we're doing a good job. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, uh, Cal, say goodnight. Goodnight, everyone. Uh, Mo? I hate Tottenham. <laughs> and Robbie I told him to <laughs> <laughs> and that was another edition of the Guna Ramble thank you for listening you have been listening to the Guna Ramble a Guna's World podcast Show. Sure.